We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Did Clark earn the nickname America's oldest teenager? The minute you grow up, the minute you mentally atrophy and freeze in time, you are old. Clark was a Philadelphia DJ when he took over Bandstand, a local TV show, in 1956. It's time for America's favorite dance party. Within a year, he'd convinced ABC to take it national. The notion that you would get rock and roll every afternoon on television was mind-boggling. Former Rolling Stone writer Fred Goodman says Clark's clean-cut image helped make parents feel safe with the new music. It was the mainstreaming of rock and roll in Dick Clark. I don't think there's anything really very mysterious about the younger generation. As Clark told Edward R. Murrow on CBS's Person to Person in 1958, For the very first time in their lives, they've been able to look in on their children having fun doing what they like to do. They finally got a, a common ground of understanding so they can talk to one another for a change. He was such a charming man and such... He was so decent and so articulate and so in love with music and... Just a genuinely good man, and we will all, of course, miss him. I did do American Bandstand in the later years, and um, uh, he was very gracious, had me on. So, yeah, I, I did an interview with him once in the 70s. Um, yeah, it was an institution. Oh, he had a great TV show. That, was, that I think, was what, um, uh, what was the main thing, American Bandstand, which, you know, you were nobody in it if you didn't do that show. So I think it furthered a lot of people's careers, obviously. And then all the, produ the, the award shows that he produced and stuff like that. I just think that, he, you know, he's obviously a great music lover and, and he did a lot of great things for, for the music industry. He's had a huge influence on music for, you know, years and years and years and stayed in it all the way until the end, didn't he? he uh, he'll be sorely missed. Um, I got to say, New Year's probably won't be the same after this, you know. One very unique feature of the CTSV series is the G-Meter, which measures cornering forces. The Exxon radio and TV show and is largely an opinion talk show. Yes, All opinions, comments, way. or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Can you see what my future's going to be? Can you see it all in your crystal ball? Have you got a dream for me? Fortune teller, is she free? Has 
And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. This hour is a tribute to Dick Clark. If it wasn't for Dick Clark, a lot of the mainline musicians in this world today would not have received their start or the popularity that they have. When we opened the show, we played uh, two clips, one from CBS Morning and one from CNN. And in the CNN clip, you heard Carly Simon and Peter Frampton discussing the professional side of Dick Clark. When I come back from this two-minute commercial break, we're going to have an entire segment dedicated to Dick Clark with none other than our very good friend Elizabeth Joyce, who is going to tell us a personal side of Dick Clark and why she knows this personal side. Once again, this hour dedicated to one of the greatest broadcasters that has ever graced the uh, television airwaves, and without whom New Year's Eve will never be the same. We're talking about Dick Clark, who passed away earlier this week. Elizabeth Joyce is our special guest, and if you'd like to contact Elizabeth... For a one-on-one -on -one consultation, the telephone number is 201-934-8986 and her website, www.new-visions.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with Elizabeth Joyce talking about the one and only Dick Clark. Don't go away. Fortune teller. Fortune teller. What my future's going to be Can you see it all in your crystal ball Have you got a dream for me Fortune teller Is she free Has she waited Just for me You can see it all in your crystal ball We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. 
But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Life is a highway. For some people, it's a one-way street with two-way traffic. Welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. Elizabeth Joyce is our special guest, www.new-visions.com. And if you'd like to call Elizabeth for a one-on-one consultation, 201-934-8986. And, of course, this hour is dedicated to the memory of Dick Clark. And, Elizabeth, first of all, thanks very much for joining us. And you had a very personal relationship with the late Dick Clark. I met Dick Clark when he was 28 years old, and I was 15 on American Bandstand. Wow. But, you know, we were how... very lucky. We were very lucky and blessed to be on the show. Uh, we were identical twins, mm-hmm. my sister and I. And my older sisters uh, were also identical twins, and they were known for being the Tony twins on television. They did the commercials with Arthur Godfrey and Sid Caesar and Jack Gleason. They did Which Twin Has the Tony? But back then they did live commercials. And so when we went to the Dick Clark show, uh, some of the police that were guarding it uh, said, oh, they're twins, they'd be great on the air, and they pulled us in backstage, and we got to know everybody. How long did you uh, did you and Dick Clark uh, have a, a friendship? The last time I talked to Dick Clark was just before he had his stroke in 204, but mm-hmm. then I would continue and I would speak with Carrie to check on how he was doing. I guess I called the studio about, every eight months or at least twice a year to keep up with it. But when he came to Philadelphia, I always was uh, able to see him. And shortly before he had his stroke, I think it was around 2003, Mm -hmm. I had gone through a lot of my scrapbooks and my bandstand memorabilia, and I took him down some terrific pictures that I had personally taken of Arlene Sullivan and Paul Anka and Annette Funicello and Kenny Rossi, and these pictures were really great, um, black and whites, and I gave them to him, and he was very pleased, because he had not seen them before. What are some of your fondest memories of Dick Clark? Well, my very fondest memories is um, he had a Saturday night, it was called the Ifit Show, it was uh, brought to you by the Spearman Gum people, Mm -hmm. and um, we had a party show planned in Atlantic City, and we went down there, I was down there with my family, and I went to the party after the show, and that's where I met Bobby Darren. Wow. I I was 15, 16 when I met Bobby Darren, and it was uh, an incredible time. When you met these people, Dick Clark and Bobby Darren and Annette Punicello and the others, did you have any idea? Well, you must have, since you're a very intuitive person, what uh, what kind of effect they were going to have on the music world. 
I did. You know, I used to sneak in to see Bobby. My mother thought he was too old because he was in his 20s at the time. Mm -hmm. I used to take the train into New York City and meet them at a restaurant. And we'd sit around. Let's see, it was Carol King, Bobby Rydell, Bobby Darren, Frankie Avalon, Neil Sedaka, and a few others. Um, Oh, Frankie Valley too. And we were all wondering when we were going to get famous. I remember Carol King wondering when she was going to get famous. Nobody had had their real hit yet, but it was all starting. It was at the very, very beginning. One of my biggest thrills was being backstage when Johnny Mercer and Bobby Darren made their album together. What a combination. It was so magnetic. And they sang Ace in the Hole. I don't know if you ever heard that mm, one. No, the no, two I of them did a duet. It was so spontaneous and so fabulous. As a as someone who has the abilities to see into the future as you do, did you ever talk to Dick about his passing and how it would no. occur? No. I never invaded that part of my life with Dick Clark because it just didn't seem appropriate. I did know he was going to do well, and I remember when he was pulled in for the payola. I remember being very angry that they were trying to make him dishonest and I really prayed at that time. This was during the McCarthy era, and Mm -hmm. they were having him. He had to choose between having the recording companies or having Bandstand, and he chose Bandstand. But let me tell you something about Dick. Dick Clark was so amazing that his production company had a television show on every single station when he was on, at the same time, simultaneously. Mm. And uh, he had problems with the Grammy Awards because they didn't really want to have him be a part of it, so he started the American Music Awards, mm-hmm. and he has he did so much for people and so much for everybody, and he was continually doing something new, which is why they probably called him the youngest teenager. He was continually bringing in a new idea, something new, and it would be successful. Extremely powerful, very shrewd businessman, knew what he was doing. I remember... I remember last year you coming on the show and and foretelling his passing this year. I did. Yeah. I did say he was going to go this year. Well, of course, I would would know that, um, Rob, because I I felt so close to him. And uh, it's going to be a very sad time. Do you know that he took over from Guy Lombardo? No, I didn't. And Guy Lombardo did New Year's Eve since the middle of the 40s. So that's who we've had, Guy Lombardo and then Dick Clark. I understand that you had a special relationship with Bobby Darren. I did. I did. Uh, Bobby Darren and I were friends over the years. Uh, I met him, uh, as I said, at, in Atlantic City, and then mm-hmm. we just talked and visited, and I went into New York to see him on occasion all through my life. Uh, I stopped communicating with him after he married Sandra D. The calls became less and less, but maybe once a year, once every 18 months, we'd catch up. So he was always there. He wanted me to come to Vegas, and he wanted me Mm -hmm. to be a singer. But, of course, my parents wouldn't allow it. On your blog at www.new-visions.com, you've got quite quite an extensive article on Dick Clark. And uh, why I asked you about Bobby Darren, you wrote here in the fall of 1958, Bobby called me and told me he was working on a new song. I'm writing about you, Dreamboat, Bobby said. And I really got a good feeling about it. The tempo is kind of cha-cha or the new Calypso dance uh, you're doing on bandstand. Every time I hear it, I want you to think about me thinking about you. 
Then he began the song. Every night I hope and pray a dream lover will come my way, a girl to hold in my arms, know the magic of her charms. Because I want the girl to call my own, I want a dream to a dream lover so I don't have to dream alone. So you're the inspiration behind Dream Lover. Well, you know, I I would like to feel that I would, but I don't want to have a big ego. I think Bobby was a charmer, but it was wonderful for him to share that with me, and he was writing it. And I don't know how many other people he said that to also is what I'm trying to say. But, yes, that was a very special time. Hmm, let's take a listen very, to it for a special. second. And uh, I know I was the inspiration to Max Knight. Okay, hold on here. I hope and pray <laughs> a dream lover will come my way. Girl to hold in my arms And know the magic of her charms Cause I want a girl to call my own I want a dream lover So I don't have to dream alone It seems that uh, throughout rock and roll history Women are the inspiration for a lot of the greatest uh, hits And a lot of the greatest artists Uh, For example, we had... uh, the Peggy Sue that Buddy Holly sung about on our show last year. Uh, and uh, do ladies really know what kind of inspiration they actually give a person? I, I probably would not have at that age because I was very young. So maybe later on we do, but I don't think at that age. It was a very tender, innocent time with Bobby. I remember when he did Mac the Knife. I was very excited about that. As a matter of fact, he sent me the album. Mac the uh, Knife? It was 1958, I believe, uh, when he was doing the album and he sent it to me. We talked over the phone because I believed back then in my music training, which I had extensively, that you had to do something that was a classic. All right, let's, get, let's take a listen to uh, Mac the Knife for a sec. Has old Maggie Heat, And it keeps it up. Out of sight, you know when that shark bites with his teeth. So while you were hanging around uh, all these great personalities who later would rise to stardom, did they ever ask you to give them a reading? No, I wasn't doing that kind of work, and I was just discovering that I had those powers. I didn't really go into the work until I was in my 20s, 30s, and by that time, this era had passed. But he picked up on it. Bobby picked up on it. I tried to explain it in the book. He said, you have, um, you have an, an intuition. And people would tell me that, but I never connected it to the deep spiritual work that I do now until I became older and could study with some top people that helped me with it. Let me ask you to do something that I don't think people ask you, uh, is, is to look backwards in time. And, and there you were, a young girl, and you were sitting amongst your friends who turned out to be some of the greatest stars in, in the music industry that we've ever known. Looking back, how do you feel? I feel terrific. You know, I went to see Paul Anka um, maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and I had no idea whether he would remember me or not because I used to see him at the airport and I told him I told backstage that I was out front and he came out and he had me come up front and he introduced me as one of the bandstand twins and he did a whole segment about Bobby Darren it was fabulous I didn't know if you knew that Paul did that in his shows Mm, Paul Anka, a great Canadian from Ottawa, Ontario wonderful man yeah 
Wonderful man. He adored Bobby. Dick Clark loved Bobby Darren, by the way. And every time I would see Dick, he'd go, there's Bobby's girl. <laughs> and he'd laugh. He did. He, he really loved Bobby Darren. And I had promised Bobby that every time I saw Paulie or, or Dick that I would tell them that he was always caring about them. And I do when I see them. They, and Frankie Valley too. I remember being over at Frankie Valley's house when he mm-hmm. lived in New Jersey. And we sat and reminisced and went into the past about the the New York lunches that we had and Bobby Darren and he was he, Bobby Darren was great. He he lost faith in himself later on though. He he was so from such a poor Bronx family. I think it was hard for him to accept that what he really had achieved, and I don't think he really realized what he had achieved. Elizabeth, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, we're talking to Elizabeth Joyce. Her website is www.new-visions.com. She has a wonderful article about uh, Dick Clark and the and the wonderful people that she had the pleasure and was blessed enough to meet. www.new-visions.com is her website. And Exonation, if you'd like to call Elizabeth for a one-on-one consultation, 201-934-8986. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. XZoneRadioTV.com There ain't no good in our goodbyes True love takes a lot of trying Oh, I'm crying Let's hang on to what we got. Don't let go, girl, we got a lot, lot 
and welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McCall. This is the Exxon. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035. Worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Elizabeth Joyce is my special guest to this hour. We're talking about... Her life with the stars, and uh, you know, at an early age, she was blessed, and I think fate must have had a lot to do with it. Uh, to, you know, she met Dick Clark. She uh, became good friends with a lot of the greats in the rock and roll. Um, how would we say it? The the beginning of the rock and roll historical charts here in North America, including Bobby Darren and uh, Elizabeth. I understand Bobby was very excited one day because he actually got to meet George Burns. He did. Not only did he meet George Burns, but he worked with him in Las Vegas for several years. Um, he he was thrilled to... Whoever would have thought that Bobby Darren would open mm -hmm. for George Burns? And that's what he did in uh, Las Vegas. That's when he left the area. And then he went on to California from there. But it's amazing that the way that it works with people, with every person. You know, some of the most famous people do not realize the impact that they have on others. And that's why, like, the paparazzi can be so hurtful sometimes. I don't like the paparazzi, but they don't realize how the little people really do look up to them. And it's hard to fill the shoes of what is being projected onto mm -hmm. you because you're another human being. That's one thing I learned when I worked in aviation. And after I met the stars, I worked in aviation and um, all their aircraft we handled. So I continued my friendships with many of them in that way. But you learn that a person is a person and we're all the same and that some people have talents and some people have other talents and you respect it that way so that you don't get carried away with this worshipping. They think, didn't understand it. They were just people. Do you think that fate had its hand in what in the meetings that you had with these, with these people, uh, Bobby Darren, Dick Clark, and, and the others? Well, yes, I do. I, I wish that I had gone into show business. That is one of my life regrets. I, I never did. However, I think that fate has a hand in everybody that we meet, Rob. Mm -hmm. I think that my meeting you is fate. And I think that if I'm going down uh, into the supermarket and an old woman is struggling with her groceries and I help her get them into the car, that that's fate. So I think that it helps us in many, many ways. It was a wonderful time. My sister and I had problems uh, in high school with the kids, and we weren't the most popular, and we went to bandstand, and it helped strengthen us as people. It helped us meet new friends. It helped us feel accepted. It helped us to grow, and it helped us become more centered. So that's a blessing itself. It seems, uh, from what I remember of uh, American Bandstand, that Dick Clark was the, the first electronic babysitter. <laughs> I guess so, yeah, because, because I, it was on from 2.30 until 5, and mm -hmm. the kids just loved it. But we didn't have everything that people have today. We didn't have the VCRs. We didn't have the iPhones. We didn't have the DVDs. When I got my allowance, it was enough to buy French fries and a record every Saturday. Wow, that was my Saturday. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I remember as a kid, we used to get a quarter a day uh, when mm -hmm. Mom and Dad worked to uh, keep the house clean, do the yard chores, and that yes. quarter was for my brother and I to go swimming in the swimming pool in the town. <laughs> well, I had to have yeah. my records, and I, 
I did the same for my children. The two things that they thank me for, one is for giving them the music knowledge and two for buying them their records because that's one thing they'll always say. My my one son, Vance, who's in China now, and he mm-hmm. listens to the show, as you know, remembers when he was about 10 years old and he had been away at camp. And when he came home, I welcomed him with an album wow. by, um, oh, my goodness, Elton John. And he was so excited. He couldn't believe I had the brand-new <laughs> album by Elton John waiting for him when he came home. So that's what I would do. <laughs> and it was because of Dick Clark, and it was because of my exposure to music mm-hmm. and all the people that I met and loved. We tried to get the clip from American Idol uh, that uh, Ryan Seacrest did a, a wonderful and very touching tribute to Dick Clark yesterday, who yeah. was his personal mentor. So, um, you know, there's so many people whose lives were touched by Dick Clark, not only those of us who watched him on his on American Bandstand or, or actually had some association with Dick Clark during the uh, New Year's Eve blast uh, that, that used to originate from, that does originate, I should say, from Times Square, but the many people in the media as well as many of the megastars today who he touched. And, uh, you know, this man has been such an influence in so many people's lives that I, I can't think of one person that's ever had anything negative to say about him. Well, he was he was very shrewd, and he started the game shows, of course. He mm-hmm. he started the or, Pyramid. What was it? The Powerful Pyramid. I don't remember the Million title. Million Dollar Pyramid, yeah. Yeah, the Million Dollar the, Pyramid. Yeah. And he started all those mm-hmm. game shows, and he, he and Ed McMahon did work together. Yeah. And then he had that other show on on uh, one of the cable channels about bandstand. He certainly did a lot. Well, and so, so tell me, where do you think Dick Clark is right now? I think he's processing. It takes time. Um, I believe in processing after death that mm-hmm. we go through our life with our guides, and then we process, and then we go to our soul school and do whatever we do over there. We have our assignments. But I totally believe that he's on the other side. I totally believe he's in a high place. I think he's just looking at his life, and maybe for the first time he's realizing how many hearts he did touch because they're all praying up to him, and he's going to get that energy, I'm sure. He will be sadly missed by many, many, many people, and I know that he's going to be in your heart and your prayers forever. You know, his wife was a wonderful woman. Her name is Carrie. And she was so gracious and so kind to everybody. And she, when he would be talking to somebody and we'd wait to um, see him, she'd come over and talk mm-hmm. to us and say, he's only going to be a few minutes, and she'd talk to us, and it would make us feel better. But do you know, I went, Dick Clark sent me mm-hmm. Federal Express airplane tickets and tickets to the 40th anniversary show in California in 1992. And I flew out there, and I reunited with with Frankie Avalon and Bo Diddley and Donnie Osmond and Greg Allman and Max Bayer, they all were with me. I took my foster daughter who was going to Pepperdine at the time. We had a fabulous time. And he looked at me that night and he looked at me and he said, you know, this is going to be the last one I do. And it was. He knew it. At that time, he was telling me about a lot of the um, bandstand memorabilia that he had Mm -hmm. that he was uh, giving over to a museum. So he was in the process of doing that back then. 
and he, he it was great. It was a great time. They they have that video, I believe, uh, on YouTube. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having talked about Dick Clark, Bobby Darren, uh, Frankie Valli, and and some of the other greats, and you know, over the last few days, hearing the hearing the way that people talk about Dick Clark, he's he's on the other side, and as you said, he's going to be processing. Will he be coming back in in, in reincarnate state? Uh, well, I believe that everybody reincarnates. As a matter of fact, when you hear Whitney Houston sing and you hear um, some of these singers that have these fabulous voices, you wonder if they were voices of people from the past. I know that there's uh, some opera singers that are coming up now and they're saying they're a reincarnated Joan Sutherland or something like that. So it's interesting to to wonder if somebody sounds like somebody of old, like an old Al Jolson, or he sounds like Frank. Look at Harry Connick Jr. and how much he sounds like Frank Sinatra. You wonder if if that's what happens. But yes, everybody does reincarnate. I know people don't believe that, but a part of their energy goes into a new body. Do you have anything that you can tell us about the future? You know, like now that we've talked about the great Dick Clark and... Let's go from the past to the future. Are, do you, are there any predictions that you can give our listeners for the months and year to come? Well, I do think we're going to be going through some trying times. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, concerned about the politics and what's going on overseas. I do see some problems with countries coming together to harm Israel more. I see the top powers changing, and you know I don't see Obama on the ticket, so I yeah. think there's a problem with him. And you know, it's funny how I worried about whether he was going to be assassinated or not last year. Do you know he had just had two very powerful attempts on his life? So that's continual. I did say that Hillary was going to split from him, and she's starting to withdraw. You know, it, it's and, funny because, you know, you when when uh, the news broke that the Secret Service and uh, members of the Armed Forces were facing mm-hmm. disciplinary action for their uh most questionable professional uh, ethics. You know, you're the first person I thought of. I said, God, if they're if they're this lax and if they're not taking their job serious uh, seriously enough, maybe there is a loophole and an opening for somebody to take advantage of the the lack in security. Well, I hate to tell you this, but the Secret Service have always been that way. I had a lot of uh, interactions with them at Atlantic Aviation in Cheetahborough Airport, and everybody was fun loving. Everybody wasn't taking any. Actually, they're wonderful guys. I can't put them down, mm-hmm. but they always had an, a roving eye. That's what I thought. That was my impression. But they are wonderful people, and they know their work very well. So after the election in November, who's going to be the president of the United States? I'm not sure. Um, if, it's, if it's Obama and Romney, then I feel that Romney will win very closely. Mm-hmm. It will be a very, very tight race. Let me just say that then, because I'm not sure that that's what it's going to be, but it's one of two. So I'll say that uh, Romney would would win over him, and it would be very, very close. I also want to tell you that there will be a lot of of vote tampering and that they're going to try to uh, get a handle on that because they're concerned about this vote tampering. Why is it that people who are able to use their God-given gifts like yourself to, to foretell what is happening in the front, when it comes to something like a presidential election in November... You can't give me an exact answer. Because I can tell you exactly why. Spiritually speaking, Mm -hmm. you really can't give anybody an exact answer until a decision has been made, Rob. 
until there is an action that has been made. I see tremendous upset in June. Mm -hmm. I see tremendous upset in September. I don't know what the result is going to be, and nobody does. They can say that they do, and they're either going to be right or wrong. If they're right, they're going to be famous. If they're wrong, they're going to be put down. So I have such a respect for decisions that if I put something out there that's a definite, I could be changing the energy, and I don't want to change it to negative energy. I can tell you that I think Hillary might run and that she might win. I can tell you that it's because the others get killed. But why would I want to say that? Because if I understand you correctly, what you're actually saying is that you could actually change the future by revealing it. It's called putting a thought out there. And that thought is out there as much as it's like putting a piece of sand on a, on a beach. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what it's going to do. So I, I've been so trained to be careful not to make a decision to say it's possible that it's possible that. And I, I try to abide by it. I really do. Sometimes I don't because sometimes I get excited or I get a feeling of being positive, and that's when I'm usually going to be wrong. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not wrong too often, once in a while. And it's usually a blessing when I am. And, and that's another thing. You know, when you say that something's going to happen like they're going to blow up the building and then mm-hmm. it doesn't get blown up, you get yelled at for being wrong. Well, did you ever think that maybe somebody intervened because of the prediction and put a stop to it? People don't look at it that way. It's very strange. We've got so about be a careful, we've careful got what a, you think. Right, we've <laughs> got a minute before I have to go to my uh, final break here. What is the hardest part about being a psychic in today's society? I think the hardest part for me is seeing something and knowing that I can't share it unless I have permission. You have to have permission. Permission from who? Tell another person that you're seeing something about them. So, who, and I, I'm sorry. Who do you who do you careful. who do you need permission from? You need it from the other person. You need it either from their higher self or for them uh. or for themselves. Like if I said something to you, Rob, may I share something with you that I just had a vision about? And you would say, Well, certainly. Yeah. And I would say, Well, you're going to have some great help. I know that you've been through a hard time, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you're going to say to somebody. Um, but you have to have permission. I see what you and mean. And when you get when you get permission, then you can share. Uh, I didn't used to do that, Rob. I used to just blurt it out, and I had to have training on that. I think a lot of people do, because what we're feeling inside is an actual energy. It's energetic. And sometimes when people come to me for a reading, I get very excited and very whatever, and, I, and I'll have to stop and take wow. a deep breath and say, do you realize that this is your blessed higher self who wants to speak to you? Well, we're going so to give you a few minutes to catch your breath because I've got to take my final break. Please stand by, dear. Okay. Exonation, my good friend Elizabeth Joyce is our guest this hour for a one-on-one consultation. Here's the telephone number, 201 934 8986. Visit her online, www.new-visions.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying, Thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. 
Welcome back, everyone. Elizabeth Joyce is our special guest this hour. And uh, we've been talking to Elizabeth about her life and times with Dick Clark and uh, also some of the other greats that she's met. Her website is www.new-visions.com. That's new-visions.com. And if you'd like to call Elizabeth for a one-on-one consultation, her telephone number is area code 201 988 I'm sorry, 934-8986. That's 201-934-8986. Now, Elizabeth, I know that you're writing your fifth book right now. Uh, What's it all about? Well, I've had a feeling that it was time to tell people what it's like to be psychic, and didn't you just ask me that? Yeah. So I started a book about my life, and I'm calling it Unlimited Realities. And it's from the premise that we all have gifts inside. Mm -hmm. Some of them we tap into and some of them we don't. And how life has its twists and turns. But when you're born with a gift, how it can grow and really help yourself. It's been invaluable to me, but I've always wanted to use it to help others, too. So I'm writing a book about it. And I have a chapter on American Bandstand. (laughs) When will the book be out? I hope to get it finished by the fall. I've got Uh eight good chapters done, and I've got a little bit more to do. Oh, we'll certainly be looking forward to uh, to this book. Um, what, what would you like to leave the members of the Exo Nation with tonight? Well, I wanted to leave them with a couple of things. One person asked me what was my best day on American Bandstand. Yeah. And, of course, every day on American Bandstand was wonderful. But I do have one memory that will show you about unlimited realities. It was New Year's Day, 1959, I believe. We had just finished 58, and we were dancing on bandstand to a song that was brand new. It had just come out, and the name of the song was Who's Sorry Now by Connie Francis. Wow, that's another Meanwhile, Connie was in New Jersey sitting at the dining room table with her parents having the television on in the background, and she had no clue that her father had sent that to Dick Clark. So she jumped up and down, and she was all excited. And I think that was a very special day for me, to know that my friend Connie got her record on American Bandstand. Quickly, uh, let our listeners know how they can contact you, my dear. My uh, home phone is 201-934-8986, and that's a 24-hour service. I also have a website, which is www.new-visions.com. Elizabeth Joyce, thank you very much for being with us and sharing your your life with Dick Clark and so many others, including Bobby Darren and Frankie Valley. So until the next time we meet, my good friend, take care of yourself. You too, and it's been a pleasure. Elizabeth. Hello, Exxon. It's wonderful to talk to you every time I'm here. And, of course, Elizabeth will be joining us in the next couple of weeks as well. Elizabeth Joyce, one more time, www.new-visions.com. And for a one-on-one consultation, 201-934-8986. I'll be back on the other side of this uh, commercial break with the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. (music) 